Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. And welcome to the best show on your radio. It is Freddie and Harry. Box Not Included, presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app. Series X and Channel 80, and always, always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. He is Harry Dugs. I am Freddie Coleman. We're going to get to in 10 minutes the sorry state of NFL quarterback play, all because of television. We'll get to that in about 10 minutes. And one guy that's getting a lot of attention, Harry, whether he wants it or not, especially about to play tomorrow night versus Seattle Seahawks, that is the Dallas Cowboys and their quarterback, Dak Prescott. He had the perfect answer. People told, hey, Dak, that MVP thing, that MVP conversation, you win it. Dak said. What I say to myself is I, really, I haven't done shit. You know what I mean? It's um, regular season. Numbers are great. We're getting wins. That's, what, that's what's most important. But at the end of the day, we're trying to stack and keep growing this team to make sure that we're getting better each and every week. It just blows my mind, Harry, that it took a blow by the San Francisco 49ers for Mike McCarthy, the Cowboys head coach, to say, hmm, Maybe, just maybe, we should forget about running the ball with Tony Pollard and put the ball more in the hands of Dak Prescott to get it to our playmakers. It took them getting their butts whooped like that at Levi Stadium in California that night for Mike McCarthy to say, might need to put the ball in the hand of my quarterback, in the hands of my quarterback, because that's going to be our best option going forward. And voila, they have not looked back. Freddie, I thought it was just a matter of time before it actually happened because when you look at Mike McCarthy's pedigree and what he's been able to do in the National Football League and the success he's had, you know, before coming to the Dallas Cowboys, they weren't run first football teams when he was with the Green Bay Packers. Now, granted, I understand you had Aaron Rodgers, but still, let's not sit up here and act like Dak Prescott can't play the quarterback position at a high level. He just hasn't performed at the highest level when it's come to the playoffs. Everything else, he's been outstanding and amazing. And we got to give credit where credit is due because I know a lot of people talk out the side of their mouths when it comes to Dak Prescott, but he has been phenomenal in regular seasons throughout his career. Absolutely. It's just the big moments in the playoffs that he hasn't showed up for his team where they need him. And and I get it. I understand that's that's a key component of when Mm. you're Georgia a a quarterback, but we also got to give credit where credit is due. I would say this. He understood, finally understood that, this team would not be able to get to where they want to go if the football is not in Dak Prescott's hands because mm-hmm. the type of football he wanted to play is only feasible when you have a quarterback that can't pass it Absolutely. the way Dak Prescott passes the football. Or you have a running back like Derrick Henry in your backfield. I, you just took it right out of my mouth. The Tennessee Titans with a Ryan Tannehill and you have a Derrick Henry in the backfield. That's exactly what you do when you have a quarterback of that caliber. I think Dak Prescott is better than that, way better than that. And he's showing it within these last five games that, you know what, I can carry the load. And I love the way he's talking now mm-hmm. because he's talking like, you know what, I know I'm that dude, but I know what the common goal is. Keep your head down. Let's go get it. The best part for what you just said is the fact that Dak Prescott is trying to override his owner who gives him flowers all the time when it comes to Jerry Jones. And I get it. I understand that Jerry's thinking, man, this this BS can't go in another year, can it? Where I'm going to be a ringless 
owner of an organization, never mind the fact that they've been able to win three since he took over the Dallas Cowboys in the early 90s. I know if I'm Jerry Jones, I'm thinking, man, oh, man, it's been 27 bleeping years since we even got to a Super Bowl. It's been as long since we got to an NFC Championship game. So the minute that he sees a guy in Dak Prescott that he knows he's going to have to pay, he keeps playing like this. You can't look at him and say, I'm going to find somebody better. Dak goes, you go right ahead with that and see how that works for your organization. Let me ask you this, though, Freddie. Okay. Let's just say Dak Prescott continues to play this way. Mm -hmm. And let's say they get to an NFC Championship game. And Mm -hmm. I would even say this. If they get to the second round and they lose and it's not his fault and Mm -hmm. he still looks amazing. Okay. That Prescott might be the highest paid quarterback in the National Football League moving forward. Well, I don't doubt that, but he'll also his coach won't be around much longer because now you can't blame Dak Prescott. Yep. If Dak Prescott, and believe me, they had this conversation as well. When I'm listening to watching first take this morning, and Stephen A. Smith, he made the point and said, I'm not saying he's not great in September, October, November, December, and even parts of January. We've seen that from Dak Prescott. But in the playoffs is when he has come up short. And Mad Dog Russo and Marcus Spears and Kim Lee Martin tried to talk him off of that. And I said, you know, I'm a Cowboys fan. He's not lying. It looks different what we've seen from Dak Prescott lately. You can make that case that Dak Prescott's playing better than any quarterback in the NFL right now. Better than Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia, who even though he's the leading candidate for MVP, and he should be, yep. because that guy is that valuable. If they don't have Jalen Hurts as part of that football team, that Eagles team, even with their talent, might be a six-wing, te- six-wing team. And the opponents that they've beaten, especially the last five weeks, Absolutely. four of them being you know, opponents that a lot of people respect at yeah, a high level. No doubt about that. Dak's, Dak Prescott's numbers are better. He's not a more valuable player because anytime they've needed it, meaning in Philadelphia, Jalen Hurts is done with his leg or he's done with his arm. So he's clearly, clearly in my my voice, my vote right now, the leading candidate for MVP. But if you stack up numbers to numbers, Dak Prescott is having a better year. He's playing quarterback overall better than it comes to Jalen Hurts in terms of those numbers. Those numbers are going to continue to be hollow if all of a sudden you get short in the playoffs. And we've seen that from Dak Prescott. We haven't seen that from Jalen Hurts. He has been a lot of playoff games, but when they need him to come through, he's done it. Now, granted, it took his defense to knock out two quarterbacks in the San Francisco 49ers mm-hmm. NFC Championship game, but that ain't Jalen Hurts' problem. He went out there and delivered, and it took a superhuman performance by Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl where Jalen Hurts was the better quarterback in that Super Bowl against Patrick Mahomes. But if you're Dak Prescott, he knows exactly that he's got to override two things. Number one, not being that guy in the playoffs. And number two, a desperate owner who has not won a world championship, who has not seen a team win a world championship since 1996. Well, that's why I'd say, like, if the Dallas Cowboys get to, you know, the second round or the NFC championship game and it's not on Dak Prescott, he's not the reason. Mm -hmm. Because for some reason, people may think if Dak Prescott plays excellent, Mm -hmm. that the Dallas Cowboys can't lose. I don't agree with that. He can still play excellent. And the Dallas Cowboys could still lose. But if it's not his fault, and let's say the defense may have done something, or, you know, someone, another ball carrier is, is, is fumbling the football and turning it over, mm-hmm. that's not on Dak Prescott. But he's still going to get paid and get the money that he's deserved if he puts up a great showing. Now, even if he has a bad showing, you might not be the highest paid quarterback. But my question to be, though, okay. if you're Dallas, yeah. Who else are you going to bring in that gives you that opportunity instantly right now? Because Dallas is in win-now mode. We're not talking about down the line 
four or five years. We're talking about right now because yes. I, th- I believe their team is built to win right now. One of the best books I ever read about a situation like this, and they wrote about the Washington then Redskins, the future is now with the That's Dallas right. Cowboys. You can't worry about down the line. You really can't worry about the past. For your future, the future is right now the Dallas Cowboys. You are in a winnable situation where the gap is not that far between you, Philadelphia, and San Francisco. But what are you going to do about it if you're the Dallas Cowboys when the future is now? And you really can use that term for more than a minute with this organization. People expect you to fail, meaning Dak Prescott, meaning Dallas Cowboys, not if or when you get to the playoffs or in crucial situations. They expect that. So what are you going to do about it? And you're right. That's not just on Dak Prescott. That's not just on Mike McCarthy, head coach. That's on everybody. But if it doesn't happen, we know what two people are going to get blamed for that. Yep. It's going to be the quarterback and it's going to be the head coach when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys at the future being now all the time. He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. we on Dak Prescott and how he's playing. And if you think this is something that's going to continue or not continue, let us know the Dr. Pepper call in line at 888-729-3776. When it comes to the truth about quarterbacks, we're going to bring in Devin Kane. Stop laughing, Harry, because you're a Giants fan of your Falcons in the first place. I know you can't wait to get a laughter out. But Devin Kane, you brought up something in our meeting today before we got started about quarterback play and the truth about it based on an article that you read. What was that? Oh, y'all article? had a meeting without me? You were traveling. Yeah, why weren't you there? <laughs> to, to do get up tomorrow. Where was your antenna? Exactly. Thank you, Samuel Pearson, Devin Kane. They got good yeah. Wi-Fi in first class, Absolutely. don't they? Absolutely, yeah. I know they got Wi-Fi for the Harry Douglases, the, the first, the 1% of the world, Harry Douglas. First world problems, Harry Douglas. I was asleep. Oh, see. I needed some rest. Now, now you don't have an excuse now. Guys, y'all know the other day I did the show on two hours of sleep. I, I needed some rest. I, I needed to get boosted back up. I need energy booster. You boosted back up today for sure. I need energy booster, not the blue. Not the- <laughs> <laughs> I heard what you did there. <laughs> you know what? Let's talk about these sorry uh, yeah. old giants. Oh, yeah. All, all of a sudden now we get our comeuppance, as yeah, a matter of fact. Let me shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead, Devin. Now that you put him back in his booster seat. Yeah, so there was an article on New York Post by Steve Serby, who's been a New York Post columnist for 40 years now at least basically detailing why we've seen such bad quarterback play okay and 20 last week 25 percent of the starting quarterbacks in the nfl that started last week were backups so he outlines a lot of things right to quarterbacks rookies playing right away the traditional weight behind a veteran that doesn't happen anymore the traditional quarterbacks not 6'4 240 anymore they're Mm -hmm. they're slight and they're they they have mobility now so there's a lot of things of why we've seen the decline, and you know I thought it'd be interesting to talk about. Yeah, by the way, the kind of trampoline off of that, even Tom Brady, I think people have heard of him, guy won seven Super Bowl championships for two different organizations. When he was on the Stephen A. Smith show last week, he says, it's not just mediocre quarterback play in the current National Football League. I think there's a lot of mediocrity in today's NFL. I don't see the excellence that I saw in the past. I think the coaching isn't as as good as it was. I don't think the development of young players is as good as it was. The rules have allowed a lot of bad habits to get into the actual performance of the game. So I just think the product, in my opinion, is less than what it's been. I think I look at a lot of players like Ray Lewis and Rodney Harrison and Ronnie Lott and guys that impacted the game in in a certain way. And every hit they would have made would have been a penalty. You hear coaches complaining about 
about their own player being tackled, why don't they talk to their player about how to protect themselves? We used to work on the fundamentals of those things all the time. Now they're trying to be regulated all the time. Offensive players need to protect themselves. It's not up to a defensive player to protect the offensive player. A defensive player needs to protect himself. I didn't throw the ball to certain areas because I was afraid players were going to get knocked out. That's the reality. Wow. I didn't throw it to the middle when I played Ray Lewis because you knock him out of the game and I couldn't afford to lose a good player. Freddie, this past weekend, Michigan-Ohio State, I'm on the field pregame, right, and I see Brian Hartline, I see him setting up his drills, and I mm-hmm. see his guys going through the drills. And, and I, uh, uh, I called him, told him to come in for a second. I was like, man, I appreciate you coaching the game the way it's supposed to be coached because it doesn't happen like that. And you want to know what his response to me was? What's that? It's not just the college level. It's like that in the NFL as well. And I can't help but think about, you know, how many guys that I know in the league are having guys coach them and don't know what the hell they're coaching. But also when it comes to these quarterbacks, you got guys in college looking to the sideline at coaches holding up signs. Mm-hmm. They're in shotgun, don't mm-hmm. even know how to take a snap from under center. And it, and it, and it bothers me. I had a teammate in Tennessee that told me, and he was in his fifth year, mm-hmm. that he didn't understand that you why you couldn't run a hitch in cover two. <laughs> why I supposed to convert? Think about that, Freddie. Now, cover two, ladies and gentlemen, you got two safeties up high. You have the two corners, five mm-hmm. or six yards, taking away anything short. So if you have a hitch, which is you run up five yards and just sit and look for the ball, right. if if you've got that coverage, you got to convert it and, and release outside. Uh-huh. No doubt. Yeah. Like, think about that. These are guys that I play with. And not everybody is getting the proper coaching. Then also I would say the turnover in coaching, too. You have multiple coaching systems and mm-hmm. and, and, and terminology that you got to learn. It's a coach here one year. It's a new guy of next year. It's another guy the third year. Yeah. How in the hell are you asking a young man to learn uh-huh. if they got three different systems in three different years? Yeah, well, also, here's something else, and I brought this up. TV has diluted exactly how hard it is to play in the NFL or how hard it is to play in the NBA. Let me rephrase that. How hard it is it to be successful in the NFL and in the NBA? Because you see it on TV – and the coaches are trying to make it as easy as possible for the players. To your point about college football, where guys go to the line of scrimmage, and all of a sudden everybody's set up, and then they look at the sidelines. In the NFL, you do that, and you're going to be on the sidelines. Because that's not how they teach it. They There's know no how hard it is. hot routes, no hot routes, and, and sight adjust. So a hot route is when you're in the slot to, to, to three, three receiver side, and a blitz come, two people mm-hmm. come. you got to go hot. Yeah. If, yeah. if you got a sight adjust, your backside, the single receiver, if a safety comes on a blitz from depth, you got to run a side adjust. You got to run a slant, and if you condense, you got to run a six yard out. So the quarterback has an answer right. for the football. All they don't know none of this yeah, stuff. Yeah, all this stuff you just explained is stuff that people don't see on TV. And when they see the NFL and they see college football, it, they see the ball flying up in the air. They don't realize the nuances that go into the game. And give TV a lot of credit. They've tried to explain things to tell us straight and this and this and this. But the average Joe and Josephine are like, well, wait a minute. That, that's going over my head. But you see the ball getting in somebody else's hands. And, okay, yeah, that looks great to me. That looks fantastic. That's why Tom Brady, who is an astute historian and a scholarian of the game, will say this is why what you're seeing is not what you're supposed to see. The product, as good as it is, could be a better product, and he explained exactly why. But when you have a lot of pressure on coaches, you have a pressure from ownership groups that wanted it yesterday. 
they don't want it today. So a lot of times, they're just not going to teach it to the level that they're used to. They're going to say, here's the play, get out there and look towards us. We're going to control everything because they want to make sure they're going to go down. They're going to go down their own way and not put it more in the hands of the players than ever before in football. You know I love to bring up my special teams coach I had, Keith Armstrong, right? Mm -hmm. And he always talked about the details and, and, and the little things because, see, when you ignore the little things, see, those little things turn into big things, and now you have a catastrophe. Right. And he would always say, well, before every accident, mm -hmm. there are always warnings. There are always <laughs> warning signs. Mm -hmm. So when an accident happened, you can't, don't sit back and act like you didn't have the warning signs. For, that's for coaches, too. If, if, uh, if you see a player doing something and you're not correcting them or coaching them correctly, it's just something bigger is going to happen at some point, And then it's really going to fall back on you because that's your group. Harry, Douglas, Freddie coming together on Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio. I go back to Sunday after Tom Brady said in terms of the rules when it comes to football. I can't tell you how many times it drives me nuts when they stop a game for targeting. They are so concerned in the NFL and especially in college football and especially high school football when it comes to concussions, when it comes to head injuries. It has scared a lot of people to death. I've seen plenty of plays where somebody will say, they'll text me and say, Fred, what do you think about that? I said, well, that used to be called football, but the rules have not allowed that to become football ever again. When you get so concerned about worrying about your sport, appealing to younger people who you want to play it, but their parents are saying, I'm not putting my son out there because I'm not going to have his brain scrambled. They're going to do everything they can to try to make things safe in a violent sport. There's only so much safety you can employ, and I get it. You're supposed to think about the safety of the game when it comes to the violent sport that football is. But when you're putting stuff in places where it doesn't make sense and there's only so much you can do, that's why you get a Tom Brady and a Grand Torino Clint Eastwood situation saying, get off my lawn because you're not helping the game, according to guys like Tom Brady. You're hurting the game. And at a certain point, it's going to come back to haunt it, no matter how big of a monolith that football has become, high school, college, or the NFL level. Man, I still have nightmares right now, Freddie, of, of, of special teams meeting, right? Mm -hmm. And the only special team I was on was punt return. But if Keith Armstrong say, uh, let's call on somebody new, Harry Douglas, if you at that R2, what's your job? I know my damn job is to get the same level as that ball. And I ain't even play the R2 or the L2. <laughs> it's the detail. See, I uh -huh. know what it is. Right. First man down on punt return. What's your job? Cut off the wide side of the field. Try to shave the punt returner's leg off. Cut off the wide side of the field. Watch the play the other day. I was like, why the, why the man didn't cut off the wide side of the field? Because he's not being coached like you were. Exactly. He's not. And, he also, you go, and you may have players who aren't retaining that information. So they know they can't do it. Let's try to put them out there and hope nothing blows up in our face. Well, speaking of the details, we were talking about it in the control room. Peyton, remember Peyton Manning at the line of scrimmage? We changed everything up. Yep. You rarely see that outside of a few guys in the NFL today. You rarely see that. Yeah, Mahomes is really good at that. Mahomes, Dak's doing it this year. Like, you know who did a great job of it the other day? Who? Uh, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. And, and it, was, it was glad to see that him and Sean, him and Sean Payton are on, the, are on the same level now that he gives them that freedom to mm -hmm. showcase and change things at the line of scrimmage to get them into the right play. Go ahead, Sam. I, I think the biggest thing is, is the collegiate level, and I'm picking back more off of what Harry said, but now the offensive coordinators who rise at the collegiate level and make it to the NFL are those who make it as easy as possible for quarterbacks when you can't do that in the National Football League. These quarterbacks don't really have to make many reads. They don't read the full field. Uh, they, they don't have to do those type of things. They're kind of It's just quick. It's yeah. look to the sideline. Tempo, side tempo, line, tempo, tempo. Patrick mm -hmm. Mahomes could not identify a mic while he was in college. Cliff Kingsbury mm -hmm. was his 
his head coach, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Stop shading him. He, he could not enough. identify a Mike. Harry knows. That's the that's the middle linebacker. That's right. Ray Lewis. Mm-hmm. If you can't identify him to start the play, you've already lost. The fact that you can be a high-scoring offense in college and not even know the basics mm-hmm. is why they're getting to the NFL and it's all coming. It's happening too fast for Zach Wilson and yeah. all those guys. Well, 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 Zach Wilson, like I said, the Jets failed him by drafting him too high anyway when he clearly wasn't ready to be an NFL quarterback from day one. But that, that's what desperate teams do, and not just in the NFL but also in college football. You look at Patrick Mahomes. The Kansas City Chiefs weren't desperate. They had Alex Smith. They could afford to take their time and bring him in and let him learn the system and understand it. And whatever he did know, he had the great acumen to figure it out quickly when he was ready to be on the football field. They could push him out there because they were not pushing him out there before he was ready. How many times have we seen that from different quarterbacks where they say, why is that quarterback not good enough? Well, if he wasn't probably taught in college and you got a desperate organization running out there, running him out there earlier than later, you're going to get what Tom Brady said about get off my lawn when it's all said and done. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us here on Freddie and Harry. We're going to talk to an FOS friend of the show about could Alabama and Georgia both miss the Cosball player part of championship weekend. We'll get to him after Harry has this from Farm Fresh Christmas Trees. Well, folks, get real and keep it real this holiday season by buying real Christmas trees. Did you know that buying real Christmas trees helps save the American Christmas tree farming industry? For every 10 Christmas trees planted, an acre of land is saved. And so are the American farming jobs. Plus, buying real Christmas trees helps keep real holiday memories alive. And I love holiday memories while helping our environment. Buy real Christmas trees this holiday at Lowe's or wherever Christmas trees are sold. Get more information online at GetRealKeepItReal.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Freddie and Harry Podcast on ESPN Radio. Number six is Ohio State. Oregon is now five. Florida State is four. Number three is Washington. Number two is Michigan. Number one is Georgia. Looking at everything that we can to come up with what we believe are the right rankings and we feel good about number one, number two, number three, number four. 
This is Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. It is the Wednesday Groovathon known as Freddie and Harry. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman, presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for joining us on Sirius XM Channel 80. And always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio each and every week. One of the best shows we have in this network happens called The Best Week Ever. It is hosted by Peter Burns. It's a great job with that. Also in the SEC Network, so we got Championship Weekend ready. We need him to bring his Peter Burns to the whole program. Hit him on Twitter at Peter Burns ESPN. He joins him, Freddie and Harry. And, and Peter, what would it be like if, let's say this is a scenario, that an SEC team, don't you do it. Don't you. I know where you're going to go. Does Don't you do it. This year in 2023 oh, before we go to 12 teams next year. My buddy, goodness. buddy, think about it. I mean, if Alabama wins, you still have the Texas log jam that they haven't been able to get by over the last four or five weeks. Mm-hmm. And if Michigan wins, Washington ends up winning. And then, of course, Texas ends up beating Oklahoma State, which is, by the way, did you see that today? The Big 12 didn't give Steve Sarkeesian the S, the the Big Twelve Coach of the Year, not the guy who's still in the college football playoff. They gave it they gave it to Gundy like that. Oh, that is like the um, that, goodbye that, kiss. That is petty. What? That is petty Crocker right there. I, I, listen, I'm all for it. Are you kidding college me? College football right is now? about pettiness. Like like if you want the NFL, that's fine. That's all professional. Like I want pettiness. I want guys that used to be on a motorcycle accidents uh, returning back to Fayetteville. Like give me the chaos. Give me sign stealing. Like give me emotions in college football and. Yeah, it is Petty Crocker. I mean, it, it is, but hey, that's just, uh, it ain't show friends, it's show business, baby. No that's that's so, all it is. Let me ask you about last night. Do you think the committee got the four teams right when it came, when it came to the top four? I, I mean, I say this with all due respect. I think that the committee, each and every week, they look at it not the best, not the most deserving, but the most convenient. Like, I've talked mm-hmm. to you guys about that, and it's convenient mm-hmm. for how they have everybody right now. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the only way that this thing becomes convenient for them is if you have Michigan beat Iowa, if you have Washington remain undefeated, if you have Georgia remain undefeated, and you have FSU, right, beating yep. Louisville. Mm-hmm. And at that point, then you can say, listen, hey, man, we don't have to cross that bridge of what do we do at Texas and them going into Tuscaloosa and winning by double digits. We don't have to worry about that. Right. Much like in 2014, guys, they didn't have to worry about, what was it, Baylor and TCU? Absolutely. Like you could have you made an argument for both of those teams, and they're like, man, we just saw Cardell Jones put up 59 on Wisconsin. Let's take the most convenient path, which is Ohio State. And they were right that year. So I don't have any beef with it right now. My question is, is what happens if what you just led with? Alabama wins a close one against Georgia. Mm -hmm. You keeping them out? Are you going to rank them above Texas that that Texas beat? Or Georgia, who, who beat what three ranked top fifteen teams or top twenty teams in the by last four weeks? I, I mean, just crush people, and the one loss they're going to have maybe is a close one in the ATL against Alabama, who's streaking, and you're going to leave them out. It's, I mean, does it feel right if there's a college football playoff without the conference that's won thirteen the last seventeen? <laughs> you want me to answer? You want me to answer? Because I tell I, you no. I, <laughs> it, it would feel different. It, I'll it, tell, it, I'm going to tell you, know, you no right now. <laughs> I, I mean, and, and the reason why I'm telling you no is because me watching Georgia the last four or five weeks, uh, I'm like, my goodness, no one's in the, in the country is better than them. And, and, me, and, and they, me watching it, Alabama, I'm like, okay, this team has grown so much since mm-hmm. that Texas game. Now, a lot of people are going to look at the Iron Bowl. What they got to understand, that's a rivalry game. 
It's a rivalry game. Uh, and, and, and you could say the same thing about FSU going into Florida, right? They, didn't not, they did not look great with, with Tate Rodemaker as, as their, their backup quarterback for Jordan, for Jordan Travis. But again, it was at night. It was in Gainesville. That's why the game against your Cardinals, all eyes should be on that one. Oh, right? you know I'm ready for it. Oh, I, I, and the question is, is, is Louisville ready for it? Because they just lost in a rivalry game out to now Kentucky. There you go bringing up old stuff, man. We, man, we focus you know on old this Old stuff. Mm-mm. That's four days ago. L's down. Five years in a row, L's down. As if I played for Kentucky. I'm sorry. Wow. Oh, my God. Peter Burns. K's L, up, L's L, down. L, L, L. That's five Ooh, L's wow. in a row. Did it. K's up, L's down, according to Peter Burns. Look how he attacked. We went to dinner the last time he was up here in New York with me, and look how he do me. What, what that got to do with L's down and K's up? Now you just said not to bring up the past. Why are we bringing up the past and dinners? Go. We got Damn. a fresh slate, baby. <laughs> you know okay, what, you're P- right. Peter, you know what he just did? <laughs> He, he made it very convenient for him, just like the College Football Playoff Committee does each and every week when it comes to their rankings. Harry y'all y'all hear them cards? Go get them, boys. Go get them. <laughs> Peter Burns of the SEC Network, also best week ever each and every week on ESPN Radio. Joining us here in Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio. He's not just a friend. He's an FOS friend of the show. If I ask Peter Burns, who are his top four teams right now, one through four, who are they? Uh, I mean, it'll be... Georgia right now, it, and I'm not saying any order. So you got Georgia. Mm-hmm. I think Michigan is is that legit. I think Oregon and I think Alabama. If you told me right now that I got to go, I got to ride with four. Okay, I would take those four right now over FSU, over Washington, over Texas. Those are the four that I would I would roll with. It's, if you say what Bill Hancock, the college football playoff ele- uh, executive director, says, it's not the most deserving. He goes, that's not part of our, our, our lexicon. It's not part of our verbiage. Right. It's the four best teams. And at the end of the day, I think there's going to be some people that if Florida State goes undefeated playing a Power 5 conference and they looked okay but not great in kind of a crappy weather game in, in Charlotte because it could be raining in that game, so right. it may not look pretty. You're going to have to take a look at it and go, all right, is this team that much better than perhaps Texas, perhaps a, a Georgia that has one loss, perhaps an Alabama? I think it's going to be hard for them to say that that's going to be the case. Most deserving, FSU. Play, you know, you play in a quote-unquote power five, but that's also assuming, guys, all Power Five conferences are created equal. Do we think that's the case? No. No. Okay. No. So, so let me ask you this. Championship weekend this weekend, who can least afford to lose this weekend? Ooh, good question. Uh, it's a great question. I mean, it, it, it's, I mean, obviously the ones that go out of the, uh, of the mix, right? Like if you're Oregon, you're out. If you're Iowa, you're, you're already out. Uh, it's it's got to be Georgia at that point. As crazy as that is, I mean, you've won two straight national championships. You've won 29 straight games in a row in the regular season, and yet you're facing Nick Saban, who's 10-1. and one. Guys, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. Nick Saban, in SEC championship games, 10-1. and one. Mm-hmm. He's won 16 straight games in Atlanta. He's never lost in that Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Wow. 7-0, right? Including three of them against Georgia. Like, all of the numbers... Say that that Alabama can't be beat in Atlanta, except for the odds makers right now. But guess what? The odds makers had Georgia a big favorite in twenty twenty one. What happened? Alabama won. Crazy. Uh, that's what championship weekend. It's always been the best part of championship weekend. With all the shade that we throw the committee, Peter Burns, I am going to miss this because it's not going to feel the same next year when you have twelve teams more teams in the playoff instead of having the four. In my perfect world, it would stay at four teams. In the, on planet Peter Burns, what are the right amount of teams you believe should be a part of college football play? I always thought, I, I always thought eight was the proper number for me. And, and the reason why I said that is because when you go to 12, 
this game between Alabama and Georgia, while it's a lot if on, on the line for the SEC championship game, both of these teams we still be getting in, boys. Right. There's, there's no world that you're going to live in to where the top two teams, whether it be probably the Big Ten or even the SEC that, get, that garner the most amount of respect out of all of college football, are the second best team isn't going to be one of the top 12. Right. So this is a last year that you're just, you have no idea what to expect on, on, a, on a Saturday. But am I willing to give up that one game if all of a sudden there's 30 other teams that are involved in it? I think for the health of the sport, I think yes. I actually like that as well. Mm. I'm on the opposite side of Freddie. The more teams that get in. I'm the only one that says keep it at four. I guarantee you. The only reason why I changed this, real quick, guys, the only reason why I changed this is because during the pandemic, I I saw Charlotte football. I saw UTSA football. I Mm. saw New Mexico. I saw all of these teams working their butt off just as hard as Georgia, as Ohio State, as USC, all of these blue bloods. Got it. Realizing they'll never have a chance to play. But they're playing for the game. And and to say that they don't ever have an opportunity in a 14 playoff, which they really don't, I didn't think that was right. And that's the only reason why I switched and, and said I think I, I prefer a larger field than a 14 field. Peter, were you surprised to see Ohio State still ranked higher than both Alabama and Texas after their loss to Michigan? I think it's one of those situations on paper, yeah, it makes sense, but do we really believe that there's a path for them to get in? Mm. I I. I don't necessarily believe that unless there's absolute chaos. So, again, I think it's always what's most convenient in front of the committee as opposed to the absolute best. Because I I can't buy in right now that Kyle McCord in o- Ohio State's offense, mm-hmm. as much as I like Marvin Harrison, mm-hmm. is as explosive as some of the other offenses that are out oh, there. No. And just well-rounded as well. Oh, no. All of, all of his turnovers, interceptions have come on the road as well. Yeah. I mean, to me, it, it's it's a good team, but it's also the power of the brand of the Big Ten. You know, and I think that's part that's part of it right now. Mm. So yeah. it's going to be. I mean, I love it. I love the fact that the the college football playoff actually has work to do when they're eating their twenty two dollar muffins for free. That's, <laughs> I heard they were twenty five, but that's and just by the a way, the, and a, a sitting athletic director should never be a part of of it. Well, uh, like Peter, I'm a firm believer. Peter, I've I've said for the longest time, you should have people that either let's say that now I don't want to do the whole play the game stance, but people that cover the game or play the game. They should be more on those committees. Honestly, guys like Harry, guys like you, Ian Fitzsimmons, those Heather Dinich, they belong, in my opinion, Peter, more on that committee than the people that they have there right now as far as So, so that, that, that brings up another point for me because when I'm looking at Boo Corgan, who's, who's um, the athletic director at NC State, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Do, do you think there's any bias to get an ACC team in there? I, I don't want to put that on them, but you, do you think it's possible? I, I think you can tell yourself, hey, man, I'm going through this process with no bias. That's why I was picked, because people mm-hmm. know I do the right thing when nobody's looking, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But at the same point, if when anytime you're bringing in a human element, there will be some bias, right, right. wrong, or indifferent, whether to get it or may all of a sudden, man, him and – him and FSU just don't get along because of some tiff that happened four years ago. And I'm not saying Boo Corrigan or anybody could be that. I don't care if it was Jeff Long when he was at Arkansas and part of the SEC. If you're an athletic director, you got so much stuff to do. Right. And to think right now that you're going to sit there and watch Tulane play UTSA and decide if one of those teams are going to be ranked in the top 25, I mean, 
<laughs> I don't think that's I don't think that's the best case. No doubt about that. Or just have Las Vegas see them. Las Vegas knows they put odds together. Why not have them do that for the college football playoff and the NCAA tournament comes to seeding teams? I'm not just saying. I'm just saying. Peter, when are you coming back to New York to join me, bro? Hey, well, you tell me. Whenever mm-hmm. I get the invite and I can put I can put stuff on your credit card again, man, I'm all in. <laughs> you know <laughs> that. Attaboy. Free 99 always works. Especially somebody's providing the free 99. I'm with them on that one. <laughs> Peter, enjoy the trip to Atlanta. Say hi to Harry for you, man. We'll talk to you soon. Later, boys. Great stuff by Peter Burns, SEC Network's own, also a part of the best week ever each and every weekend right here on ESPN Radio. Hit him on Twitter. Great follow at Peter Burns ESPN. He is Harry Douglas. Hit him on Twitter, HDouglas83. I'm Freddie Coleman. Hit me on Twitter, Coleman ESPN, part of Freddie and Harry. And man, oh man, Jason Kidd, Dallas Mavericks head coach. He upbraided one of our own last night. Um, As you just mentioned, they're one of the best, if not the best, in clutch time. But that was a big, big thing you guys wanted to make a big deal about last year. We will get to the right and wrong of that next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. On this Freddie and Harry Groovathon Wednesday, he's Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman together on Sirius XM Channel 80. And I always tell you a smart speaker to play ESPN Radio two minutes away from the NBA in-season tournament. Success or... But before we get to that, Jason Kidd, Dallas Mavericks head coach. His team's doing pretty good, thank you very much, with Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic together. And he was asked by ESPN's Tim McMahon about those two working together, being together. And it triggered this from Mr. Kidd. Um, as you just mentioned, they're one of the best, if not the best, in clutch time. But that was a big, big thing you guys wanted to make a big deal about last year. But you're not making a big deal about it this year because it's going good. Uh-oh. Right? So write some positive shit. Uh-oh. I just asked you a question. And I'm giving you a answer <laughs> like um, you guys you know there's all right to write positive stuff people will read your positive okay. <laughs> you don't always have to be negative right like it's it's just the world's already negative enough right so mm. let's see some positive stuff on some positive people that are playing doing their job on a nightly basis making a lot easier to do that this year well we're only into this year we can't go back to last year Right? Like, that's the problem. No, okay. Oh, uh, and he's 100% right. All righty then. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm going to agree with him. Mm-hmm. Right? When you mm-hmm. have Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic playing the way that they're playing, and third right now in the Western Conference, Luka averaging 31, eight rebounds, eight assists, Kyrie 24, four, and five assists. And you see what those guys are able to do in clutch time, right? Luka mm-hmm. didn't come into this season out of shape. He's in shape. He's balling out. He's ready to, you know, be at the forefront and orchestrate things for this team to do yeah. things that they weren't able to do last year. You, it's okay to sprinkle positivity in, and I understand people may feel the way they feel about Kyrie, and some people may from feel the, the past way, and everything exactly, yeah. and some people may feel the way they feel about Luca when it comes to sometimes his attitude, right? Sure. But 
when those guys are doing positive things mm-hmm. and it looks right, mm-hmm. you got to make sure you tell the whole story. It was a very profane way of Jason Kidd to say, be fair. Yep. Well, and I, I don't say it was so much a mess that Tim McMahon, he does a great job as an ESPN MA reporter, but that was for the whole room. Tim McMahon just got caught in the, exactly. in the line it, it of fire. It wasn't just a message for him. Yeah, exactly. It's a message to everyone yes. who covers that basketball team. Because you can't bring those things to the table when they have not shown up this year regarding Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving. Because for the longest time I said, Kyrie Irving is not a stupid guy. He has done and said some stupid things. He's far from stupid. Co- completely far from stupid. I mean, they're stupid in the dictionary. His picture is not next to it. When it comes to Kyrie Irving. And I've said about Luka Doncic. If he would stop crying all the time when he doesn't get a call, then maybe just maybe he would get more uplifted from that. Both of those guys have been absolutely terrific to Dallas Mavericks. That if that resonates so much in the locker room, I know from Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic, and I heard my coach say that, saying, you know what? You guys have been quote unquote fair when they've done something wrong. How about being quote unquote fair? when they've been on the straight and narrow playing well together and look what our record has become so far in the NBA. You know why it's important for Jason Kidd to make, for him to have, have made that statement? He's been there and he's done it, Freddie. Mm-hmm. No doubt. He understands w- what it's like. He may have had teammates that, that, that have been in that situation. Yeah, no doubt about that. And, and, and his players can respect him for it. Yeah, and they, uh, That went a long way in that locker room. And also in that room with other reporters who may have to be on their P's and Q's yep. to be fair one way or the other. And to be fair, I don't know if people thought about the NBA in-season tournament. The fact that people are talking about it this way, Harry, in terms of not getting rid of it, but how can we make it better, says a lot about that. And it centers on the tiebreaker. That's the tiebreaker is causing a lot of conversation. Teams looking to stay alive in the inaugural in-season tournament. They need to win and win big in advance. The fact that people are saying, this is cool, tweak that, says a lot about the success so far of the NBA in-season tournament. Yeah, I'm watching the the Warriors and the Sacramento Me Kings too. last night before the Warriors just folded. And I knew going into it, they had to win by 12. Mm-hmm. And they were up by, I believe it was like 16. 24. 20, 24 the most. But I think when I started watching, it was like 16. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, they're they going to do this with ease. But then they just started to unravel, unravel, unravel. And De'Aaron Fox, man, Malik Monk. I know. He, the boy's playing, That boy in the fourth quarter, man. Yes, sir. Although the shot he made the win the game, that's when the backboard stopped. <laughs> I mean, he had that was a bad shot well executed. Yep. But give him credit. Malik Monk has done that before. And it's like that sometimes, too. It, it really, really is. I mean, Steph Curry's made those kind of shots, too, over the years for the Golden State Warriors. But that's the one thing. They're going to change that whole point difference as a tiebreaker. They're going to change that. But the fact that people are talking about, yeah, we can't wait for this next year, says a lot about how the in-season tournament – has been a success, whether you're a hardcore NBA fan or a fan that is maybe on the outside looking in but may want to get more involved because of that. He is Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman on Freddie and Harry. Aaron Rodgers at practice and not just watching. What does that mean for him coming back to play? That's next. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.